on this week's episode, Spider-Man Swings into Theaters. It's time again to toss a coin to your Witcher, and is Secession the best thing on TV? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC multiverse this is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football and the lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there that's all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review on apple podcasts plus if you could like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the pop culture cosmos lakers fast break Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, Vampires, and Vitae, the double V on that for you. <laughs> Plus also Wizards and Wine, Warlocks and Whiskey, and all the things that we do because we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. Plus we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. And anything that you can do to support us right there popculturecosmos.com and all the great things that we do here at the pop culture cosmos it is sincerely appreciated but it wouldn't be a pcc multiverse without my good friend she is the queen and the overseer and the mastermind I got overlord i prefer overlord okay. the overlord <laughs> of everything that we do concerning tabletop rpg here at the pop culture cosmos it is a good person indeed. You got to follow what she's doing today at Vampires and Vitae, Warlocks and Whiskey, Wizards and Wine, everything that she does at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, plus wherever you get your podcasts. It is my good friend. It is Melinda Barkhouse Ross. And Melinda, great to have you back. Flood the airways with your beautiful voice. Oh, no. Talking <laughs> pop culture once again. Yes. Hello. Because they've got my disgraceful voice on the other end of their ears. So, yeah. It's like a diverse oxymoron <laughs> thing going on there. A diverse oxymoron. <laughs> Best way I could describe it. I'm so I, short I notice. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the left brain, you know, that's me on the one side, and on the right brain, it's got you on the right side talking about But great to have you here. Continued happy holidays and a safe happy holidays to you and everybody out there listening. Hope all is well with you. I've got good news for you. Oh, do you? you? Oh, yes, I do. Are CSI we starting Vegas. with the good news or are you saving the good news? Well, there's a good news section, a real good news section that we're planning okay. at the back end of the show, which I'll talk about in a sec. But something came up as far as Deadline reported that CSI Vegas got renewed for season two today. Oh, by yay. CBS, by, by CBS. News. Yeah, absolutely. Just great news for everybody out there who's a fan of the CSI Vegas shows. It looks like that in delayed viewing, they increased their market share heavily. Mm -hmm. And actually, as the season continued, they grew their audience, which is a rare feat for shows these days. So that's very good news. 
The bad news, though, is that season two will not include William <gasps> Peterson, who will only remain on as an executive producer because he still wants those residuals. Yeah, but he does. And Georgia Fox does have the right to stay on if she so chooses, but that's still up in the air at this point. So that's up to her on that one. But I want to ask you this. From what you've seen so far on CSI Vegas, yes. do you think this crew, this new crew, will be able to continue the legacy of CSI Vegas or do you think that season two will be the end of the show, as it were? Because the CSI legacy, you know, it continued even after William Peterson left the show originally, the first time around. It it lasted for quite a few seasons. Yes. You know, with Ted Danson and Lawrence Fishburne and, and a lot of great names that were still a part of the cast. Mark Helkenberger that were still there after he left. But this time around, he leaves a crew that is not as familiar to viewers so i want to hear your thoughts on that do you think csi vegas will stick around beyond the season two i want to say yes i do think that there is enough within the cast that they put together to be able to tell some interesting stories i think that having the two well just actually three yeah if there's more than three, I haven't seen them show up on the show yet. But if the three actors who made appearances in this new... Actually, uh, there were four. There were revival. four. Yeah. See, yeah, don't, because I haven't... Because uh, I haven't... Well, I no, haven't, you, you already know by the first episode that Hodges was yeah. on the show. Oh, Jim right. Brass. Okay, yeah, Jim, Jim Brass. Brass. Yeah. Brass. And, and yeah, so there's How no other I surprises. How forget about from, Brass? Yes, you forgot about Brass, so sorry. <laughs> Suddenly your beautiful voice is like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and now the left and the right brain are both going, ah. <laughs> but your um, thoughts on if they can extend it without the, the familiar faces, so to speak. Although, you know, yeah. I'm sure George Eats is there sitting somewhere saying, you know, you guys can give me a call, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. But no, I think they'll be able to pull something together. I think we'll get season two. We'll get season three. We're going to find out halfway through th season three that it hasn't been renewed. That's what I've in looking into my crystal ball. That's what I think is going to happen. I think that, and I'm, I'm horrible with names in general. I'm horrible with remembering actor names and character names. My name's Gerald Glassford. It's right there. On the I know. I call you, I call you Roger all of the time. Right. I, I mean, I'm terrible with names. No, but you do on Mondays. Today, I, this, you know, when we record on these days, is actually you're pretty good on that. You're you yeah. a good rate. I have a post-it. <laughs> it's Gerald I'm talking to. Oh, that's great. It's so bad. It's so bad. And the older I'm getting, Gerald, the worse it's getting. But the actor who is playing the boss of the CSI Las Vegas yes. uh, unit, she is so good. She is, I, so, and actually, she's in a con really. conveniently been placed as a you know kind of a, a decent role in Spider-Man: No Way Home that hits this week. Right? How funny! Yeah. And she's also been on Chicago MD, Chicago Med. Just, just say Chicago. We'll know. Yeah, on one of the Chicago, the the Chicago hospital show. <laughs> she was she was on that for the irony uh, in, in appearing on the Chicago shows and then she goes over to CSI Vegas which appears on the same night as the Chicago shows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you you think it's going to last? You think this I do. I I think that we're going to get a season without any of the any support from the original cast and we're going to see how they do. And I think it's going to get renewed. I think they're going to give some benefit of the doubt 
for it. And then I think about halfway through season three, we're going to find out that they're not going to do a season I think four. they should stay a 10-episode arc because I really like the fact that it stayed a 10-episode arc so that they could tell an entire overarching looping story along with the murder of the week that they would always end up doing. But they all yeah. always they had, they had time to flesh out, but not having to go ahead and, and deal with it over a course of 22 episodes or 13 episodes. I think 10 episodes is a good number for them. Your thoughts on that? Would you, would you want it to stay that way? Yeah, I think 10 is good. I think 13, I don't think would be such a, a horrible thing either, but 10 episodes is, is good. One thing that I like, and I started to see some television shows back in Canada do it. I must've happened down here because I can't see us being the originator of much, but I know in all over in England as well, you'll see them do like the fall premiere and then the winter premiere and the spring premiere and the show goes away for a couple of months and then it comes back. Then it well, goes that's what we're experiencing back. now with a lot of series right now. It had its fall finale, right. et cetera, right. et cetera. So yeah, I think these trends are falling. In the case of CSI Vegas, it was only meant to be a 10 episode arc. Sure, but I, I think you could do a 10 episode arc ended in the fall or yeah, ended in the fall get us through the winter with something else in that time slot and then bring us another 10 episodes in the spring. I think they could do that, offset it a little bit, give us a break, bring us more, sure. give us a break. Yeah. Cause that's what, I mean, is that sort of what the voice does? Because they, they're on like three times a year with new people. Right. So you're in favor of keeping it, let's say, in a 10 or 13 episode arc, correct? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I, I liked that. I thought it was good. And that way, if somebody decides to save up a bunch of episodes, they can burn through five episodes on a lazy Sunday okay. after they watch right. Vampires and Vitae. Absolutely. So, Priorities. You know, yes, you can burn through a few episodes at a time and then, you know, set your PVR and, and all of that kind of stuff and, and watch okay. four or five new. So I think it works. This PSA brought to you by Vampires and Vitae. Yeah. There, okay, there you go. <laughs> but it is CSI Vegas. It has been approved for season two. Are you really excited for another season of CSI Vegas like we are? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. I wanted to go ahead and also thank so much everybody that was part of the recent The Venture City Connect Entertainment Tech. It's something I did this morning on our day that we're recording this. It was kind of great. It was like, think of it like a shark tank. I was part of a panel of judges, which consisted of media experts from around the world, okay. which was great to talk to those individuals. But we got pitches from five different individuals, two minutes long, to have them pitch their tech or gaming company that they want to go ahead and get more financing on. And we would go ahead and judge them, give them a score and then be able to go ahead and elaborate on whether we liked it or not and ask questions. And so it was really interesting today. It was really uh, kind of different for me to be a part of this. So I was thankful to be a judge and listed as Pop Culture Cosmos and I wanted to make sure that uh, I gave appreciation for being part of it. But yeah, it was interesting. And the winner, you'll like this, was The Last Game Board, which is something that it's out there and about already in, in different versions, different forms. But with the kind of agreements that they have in place, the last game board, it, what it does or what it plans to do is have basically it's a large tablet, but the accessibility to hundreds and hundreds of board games, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, 
Foundry, a myriad of tabletop RPG gaming that they're partnering with, Hasbro. Just very interesting to see the concept. Again, it's not new because Arcade 1UP has something similar and there's several others out there that have something similar that's out there. But the kind of agreements that the young lady who pitched the idea to us in place seems to be really worthwhile. So I'm hoping to get her on the show here at some point in time so she can elaborate more on the last game board. But it's very interesting to be part of this panel of judges and just go ahead and talk with all these other experts from Business Insider, TechCrunch, and, and all that. And I thought that was really interesting. Nice. Yeah, no, that sounds very interesting. No, we didn't say you're fired. We didn't say it was horrible. We just, you know, we just offered kind imprints and and suggestions. Yes, Mm -hmm. gentle feedback and things of that nature. So it's it's great. It's it's a lot of fun indeed. But it's something I'm hoping to go ahead and be a part of again, but kind of interesting concept. I don't know if it'll ever air in a form of a video or anything like that. I just know there was something that was done on the side, set up by a, a great PR company, publicized. So Hopefully I'll get the chance to do it again. And if I'm ever able to showcase it, I will do so right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. So let me get this straight. We're going to play a like a video game together? or Well, not exactly. Okay, fine. W- where's the controller? Uh, that's it's, it's right here. This is literally a sheet of paper. I don't understand what you're... Here, you're going to need these two. Dice? You just had... Are these even dice? We are going to play Vampire the Masquerade. It's a role-playing game. What kind of vampire do you want to be? Okay, now you're telling me there's more than one kind of vampire? Oh, my friend, you have no idea. There's an Osferatu, there's Vampires and Vitae, an actual play podcast. Season 2 to Pop Culture Cosmos. But we've got a great show lined up on tap for you today, including... Some great things that are coming out as you hear this in pop culture. Let me ask you a question first, though, and I'll lay out the rest of the show right after that. Four gold points to my Witcher. Well, no, hold on. What does Nightmare Alley and MacGruber have in common? Uh, Yeah, you got me stumped on that one. They're both going to be totally forgotten about this weekend. (laughs) Okay. MacGruber is the series is coming to or actually it's now out and available on Peacock and Nightmare Alley is also available in theaters but nobody cares about those because Spider-Man No Way Home is swinging its way into theaters and it's time to toss a coin to your Witcher for season two on Netflix Mm -hmm. so we'll talk about both those awesome pop culture subjects coming up here in a bit. Plus, also as well, we're going to be talking about Hawkeye Episode 5. A big reveal was finally made, which shocks probably absolutely no one because it's already hinted upon. But we'll talk about the big reveal on Hawkeye Episode 5. That will be spoilers. That will be the only thing we'll have spoilers on. Not The Witcher, not Spider-Man yet, because I know everybody hasn't seen it yet. Right. But we will have spoilers on Hawkeye Episode 5 coming up a little bit later. Plus, also as well... I want to ask Melinda what her thoughts are on Secession Season 3 and the big demand as far as seeing it. We'll tell you how popular it was and is it truly the best show on television right now? Plus, at the back end of the show, I want to talk some good news for Sparks. The band that came alive in the 60s <laughs> and early 70s uh-huh. has been there through every decade has found life once again this year in 2021. And we'll talk about that as far as some good news on the back end of the show as well. But first up, Melinda, I want to ask you this. Spider-Man No Way Home, it's here. 
The hype yeah. is real. Yeah. The reviews are very positive. Has earned a great Rotten Tomato rating. It's earned a decent rating on Metacritic. Critics are liking it for the most part. It's satisfying a lot of people. Supposedly, it's doing a lot of things right. You know, it's, it's emotional. It's a great turn for Tom Holland's Spider-Man character. Again, I'm not going to drop any more spoilers than what is just being inferred to out there. But your thoughts on Spider-Man No Way Home projected to do around $150 million domestically at the box office this weekend. And I think $300 million worldwide, which right now in the kind of age that we're in, the kind of concerns that we have, I think this might be the biggest weekend we might have for a little while. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see it beat that 150 domestic box office, to be completely honest. I think that we're all kind of itching to get out and do things again. And if, you know, some of the other big movies that were released this year weren't enough to convince you to get out to the movie theater, perhaps this Spider-Man movie and all of the hype around it is going to be enough. Are you interested in going to check this out? Because as someone who has to continue his march through the MCU, this is something obviously I've been pretty psyched for. I'm not the biggest Spider-Man fan. I know Josh is higher on the food train when it comes to that than I am. Spider-Man Far From Home wasn't exactly the the sweetest spot for me on that. The Spider-Man Homecoming was actually a lot better for me. But your thoughts on Spider-Man? Is this something you're going to check out this weekend or pretty soon? Probably pretty soon. I can't see me going this weekend. The curse of being a grown-up, kids, is that you have to be a grown-up. And things need to get done. And sometimes getting to the movie theater to see a movie is not. What does the the t-shirt say? Adulting sucks? Yeah, yeah. It really does, dude. Like, if you can stay, like, 18 years old with very little responsibility, do that for as long as you can. Okay, fair enough. All right. Just want to make sure. Yeah, I would love to go and see this one in theaters. I think that everything surrounding the movie and the cast has been nothing but positive. And I think that they've done a great job carrying the Spider-Man torch. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm interested in seeing what kind of Easter eggs we're going to dig out of the movie. All of that kind of stuff. Very interested. What are you hoping to see? Because I know for a lot of people, they're hoping to see, obviously, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire show up on screen at some point in time, Charlie Cox with Daredevil. That's become even more apparent that they want to see that because of what happened earlier this week on Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. So what are you looking to get out of this? What are you looking to see? What are you hoping to see anyways when it comes to Spider-Man No Way Home? You know what? Don't at me for it, but I'm excited to see the Green Goblin. Well, the reviews have come in on his character, Willem Dafoe, and of the two Willem Dafoe performances you can see brand new this weekend, which includes Nightmare Alley, uh-huh. they're actually preferring the Spider-Man No Way Home, as there far as concerned. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about Green Goblin. I enjoy Green Goblin. I don't know why, but it's fun. I think also, his characterization was it was really good back in the day. Yeah, per- perhaps that what that's what it is. But it, it's a character that has stayed with me. I mean, through the comics, of course, but also through the the Spider Man movies. I just really enjoyed that character. As Melinda said, I would I would actually be not surprised if it actually meets or exceeds those numbers. So yeah. I'd be really happy to, for I, right now the box office needs it, and especially with what's going to happen with the Omicron variant when people talking about cutting down to capacities and box office mm-hmm. theaters and things of that nature, we're already seeing that effect on Broadway with cancellations. So I'm hoping yes. to see some positive signs this weekend before it might take another turn. So, which I hope it doesn't by the way, but 
we'll see what happens there. But I will tell you right now, again, I'm just excited for it. I'm hoping it tells a great narrative. I'm hoping it does the other characters justice from the previous Spider-Man films. I'm looking forward to going ahead and, and just responding in kind to go ahead and, and just seeing where this place is and how this extends the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because it's clear now that Sony and Marvel and Disney are now playing nice nice for the for the immediate and long term future when there was a time where it was kind of tenuous about three years back. But mm. it looks right now that that they're playing nice nice and they're building off of each other's future with Tom Holland Spider-Man. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how the metaverse or the the whole entire universe, the multiverse, whatever verse that you want to go ahead and lay in there. Although if you said PCC multiverse, that would be even better. <laughs> multiverse right now i just will say that if you can it's just nice to see how they're laying this out but yeah i'm excited to go ahead and see how this sets up the future of the marvel cinematic universe yeah sam i think it's uh it's a great excuse to maybe even sneak away from the family <laughs> over the holiday you, you, know, know, you, know, right? you said that on last week's theater. too you're just like Didn't sneaking I? away from the family no mm -mm. i can see you at, at your christmas party next week Robbie be like, he'll be serving the orb d'oeuvres. He's coming yeah. out. To, you know, the entire yeah. guests are there. And be like, where's Melinda? Yep. Where's she at? Yep. Yep. I've just muddled all this fresh ginger in the bottom of her drink. And now she's gone. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, indeed. But it is Spider-Man. No way. Home. <laughs> You're going to be so popular at Christmas. That's all I say. <laughs> If you have any thoughts out there on it, or if you've seen the movie, or when you see the movie, you really want to go ahead and tell people about it, please share your thoughts with us. Mm -hmm. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. PopCultureCosmos on virtually every social media outlet. We get the messages. We get the DMs. Just let us know. We'll go ahead and talk about it on the air if you want. Let us know, PopCultureCosmos, especially on Facebook, because we are really good on Facebook. That's something. Or metaverse or whatever they want to call it this week I want to go ahead and let you know that we're here for you please let us know your excitement and ultimately what your thoughts are on spider-man no way home right here at pop culture cosmos but before we hit the break melinda i want to ask you all right get that coin ready get that coin toss oh. that up mm -hmm. time to toss a coin to the witcher uh -huh. to your witcher uh -huh. because the witcher season two and i know uh, henry cavill is going to be the the name that you're probably going to be saying for the next uh, few episodes. Or, or no, actually, well, it's not, I don't know. Is he a Tom Hardy range for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's okay. Uh, Could he just like read, a, you know, a children's book and you would just be enthralled, like you said, with. Yeah, you know, he, like... he could. He could also come over and, you know, install a new processor in my computer tower. And oh, that's he is very good at that. I've he's so that. good at that. He could come over and help me paint my Warhammer minis. There are a lot of things that Henry Cavill and I could do together. But then Robbie would probably have him do other odd jobs around the house as well. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Henry, our garbage disposal yeah. is, is backing up a bit. You know, we could use some help there. We don't have a wood burning stove, but there's probably a pile of wood in the backyard we could create for you. If you want to go ahead that. I don't know. Uh, hey, hey, okay. I'll, I'll let you know on that one. Okay. That's between you and Rob right there. But I will say Geralt is back for another yes. season. The reviews are okay for the season. It's around 75. So, which is pretty good. You know, that's something that 
I think that this is a type of series that you don't need to worry about good or bad reviews. It's just that people just love. It's one of those those shows and and things on Netflix as we've seen in recent month, weeks and months, like Red Notice. Red Notice had bad reviews. Still, is the most popular movie of all time because of who's it stars. In this case, people have just gravitated towards The Witcher. They haven't read the books. They haven't played the games. Absolutely. They're just going ahead and watching The Witcher for what it is because they love the fantasy style. They love mm-hmm. the slaying of the monsters and dragons and all that stuff. But they also appreciate Henry Cavill for what he's doing. So I think this is one of Netflix's best guaranteed shows to do something good for the audience out there. It's a show that in a series that people just really like hanging out with. Your thoughts on The Witcher season two? Well, I think another part of what makes it so so successful is how much Henry Cavill genuinely loves the universe that The Witcher is set in and how much he genuinely loves the character. Like the the guy hung out with the horse, so him and the horse would have good rapport on camera. Like he's he's really put everything that he can into this character. And I'm really very excited to see where we're gonna go in season two. I'm very excited as well. I mean, it's something I know my wife has really gotten into. And it's so funny because he is, I will say it's a good thing because we've talked about him before as a possible lead in an Amazon Mass Effect series, which could right. happen. Yes. But what does Robbie feel, your husband, by the way, Robbie Ross, just want to let yes. everybody know. I always identify like everybody knows that he's <laughs> to say Robbie, Robbie, Robbie. <laughs> But Bobby Ross, who is your husband, who has appeared on the show, and very thankful that he has, he's also talked about being uh, on a Warhammer series, if that was ever created. So has Robbie heard this rumor, and has he shared any thoughts on it? Would he he like Henry Uh, Cavill being in a lead role in a Warhammer series? I think it was actually Robbie that started the rumor. Really? Not what really. Well, yeah, okay. it, it already, as soon as, uh, you know, uh, we found out that Henry Cavill was a Warhammer enthusiast, we immediately started to say, okay, who would we want him to play from Warhammer? Uh, would we want him to play like a just a Joe Q soldier? Would we want him to play one of the Primarchs? What's the story there? We really kind of got into it and we nerded out a little bit about it. And Robbie believes in his heart that Henry Cavill will be the thing that gets a Warhammer live action show or movie made. One thing I want to ask you real quick is, do you think he could get pigeonholed into just being a video game guy? Cause he has a desire to do Warhammer possibly getting involved with mass effect. And of course you see what he's doing with the Witcher. I don't think he could. I think he, he goes beyond that because of just the other things that he's been in, obviously playing the role of Superman, whether or not he continues that, that's up to DC and him. You know what I he's, done, he's talked about wanting to go in, into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Do you know, I completely forgot that he was in The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, yes, yes. I completely forgot about that. He plays the son. Yeah. Anyways, I completely forgot about it. I was watching like Henry Cavill breaks down his 10 biggest roles or something. And he was talking about that. And I was like, I had to go back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely that kind of moment. But yeah, no, Henry, sorry, first name basis. Mr. Cavill could be involved in. uh, That's okay. You called Tom Hardy, just Tom. I do. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I feel like me and Tom are cut from the same cloth. I feel like. Okay. 
just a different corner for Mr. Cavill. Anyways, I do think that anything involving Henry Cavill, it's related to Warhammer is, no, is definitely going to be good enough. I think his star and his box office appeal is also bright enough and big enough that I don't really think that he needs to worry about getting pigeonholed. And I honestly, just from the projects that he's been selecting, I don't think that he would care all that much if he got pigeonholed as, you know, the fantasy sci-fi video game guy. I don't think that that would bother him. Uh, you know, as long as it pays the bills. There you go. That's it, hey. right? Bottom line. As long as it keeps funding those Warhammer 40k armies, he's happy. Yeah, or his monstrous PC machines as he continues to put in upgrades. There you go. Yes, so. absolutely, yeah. Oh, hold on. What's that? Oh, I think he's right outside your door. Yeah. Go ahead and take yeah. care of your garbage disposal and upgrade yeah, your yeah, PC. Yeah, right yeah. Yeah. For you. yeah. I need that new processor, if you don't mind. There you go. There you go, Dee. But it is The Witcher yeah. Season 2. So please toss your coin to your favorite Witcher, which is going to be now available as we're talking about this on Netflix, of course. Catch all the episodes. And if you're really interested in going ahead and talking about The Witcher, we're always here for you. Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, at Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter. We're also on Twitch, YouTube. We're at a ton of places, even TikTok or Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. But coming up after the break, Melinda and I have got more to talk about because there was a big reveal for Hawkeye Episode 5 as that series closes out next week. We'll talk about how it's going there. Plus, the session, Season 3, ended on such a high note for the series. Is it the best series on television? We'll talk about that. Plus, some good news for Sparks fans in regards to 2021. We'll talk about that after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. It's Melinda Barkhouse Ross, wife of Robbie Ross, who we got to mention that. You know, got to keep on mentioning that. I feel like yeah. we don't mention enough. Oh, yeah, plus right. Me, yes, plus me, Gerald Glassford. Again, if you have any questions for us, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But also remember, we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. We've got games five days a week, I think. Yes, Although yeah. normally five Norm. days a week because, yes. you know, Melinda and Robbie in their command decision decided to go ahead and take some time off. God forbid that they did that for the holidays. My I know. Goodness. I know. We were just, we, we reached a breaking point and we were like, we have, we just, we have to, we can't. <laughs> so everything will be back in January. I promise. Hand okay. on heart. Your like, audience is, yeah, everything will be back. Your audience is saying, oh, that's so selfish. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. Well, we I want mean, more vampires of Vite. We need more. Oh, uh, sorry. More yeah, lots of whiskey in our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vampires and Vite is still on. I think the only day over the holiday that we won't be broadcasting is actually the 26th. Okay. Um, but before the stream this Sunday, we're recording a round table. So there will still be an episode that will drop that week okay. uh, in podcast form we just won't be doing the live stream okay fair enough so people can still get their v and v fix absolutely okay it's just rob's whisk and one shot 
warlocks and whiskey and also as well wizards and wine those three are put on ice until 2022 is that correct correct yes all right we'll just and it'll be it. it'll be early 2022 it'll be like the first few weeks of january that we get okay, back i guess we'll have to get by we'll have to get by <laughs> but we are the number one tabletop rpg streamer on facebook and if you go ahead and like your action on tabletop you can go ahead and catch it today in the video section and there are dozens upon dozens upon dozens of huge videos. We're not talking like a 30-minute thing. We're talking about three, four, sometimes up to seven hours long as far as the stuff that we put out there each and every time out. So go ahead and check it out today in the video archives at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But Melinda, there's so much more to talk about on today's program. Hawkeye, episode five, dropped oh, earlier this week. Oh, man. And spoilers. We're going to go into spoilers on this. I mean, you should have hopefully seen it by now. And I will tell you, first off, my opinion of the series has not changed. I thought that episode four was going to be a filler episode and that we we're going to see nothing but action nonstop in, in five and six. Well, five also was more of a filler episode. There was one action scene with Clint Barton and Echo, but Clint Barton in the role as Ronan because it was finally outed to Echo exactly who Ronan was and why, what the motivations were. So there was one good action scene between them. But most of it was revelations and conversations, which actually did this episode very well between Kate Bishop and Yelena Belova, which is very revealing and kind of gets fans all over the place hope as far as for those two ladies futures in the mcu yeah i think there's a great future for each florence Pugh, you can see she just has so much fun right now playing yelena belova in fact if you look at her instagram she's always sending out pictures uh, in regards to her her time on the set and and also what she you know takes pictures of as appears on disney plus but she seems to be enjoying what she's doing it, it really shows in her performance kate bishop as far as Haley Steinfeld playing that role is doing a good job as well. But the revelations as far as who is putting out the hit on Clint Barton. Are you talking about the very end of the episode? Very end of the episode indeed, oh, because man. it leads its way through after mm -hmm. what I said, as far as the conversation between Yelena Belova and Kate Bishop, yes. it leads its way through after the conversation and meeting and fight and ultimate uh, departure of ways between Clint Barton's Ronan and also Echo. Right. There was no one killed. It was just a, it almost like went to a stalemate with the revelation that Echo now knows about some stuff that went on in the past that she wasn't privy to before because Clint Barton slash Ronan brought it to light to her. So now she is questioning what's going on as far as her affiliations are concerned. But at the very end of the episode, Yelena Belova finds out exactly who hired her to kill Clint Barton and the revelations that it was indeed Kate Bishop's mother is not exactly who Kate Bishop thought it was because we all knew that that uh, Kate Bishop's mother was kind of in some underworld stuff already was kind of not doing some good things and mm -hmm. kind of has her suspicions well the suspicions were met in full with a text that was sent to her confirming that her mom was the one that put out the hit on Clint Barton. And to prove it, they had a picture with Kate Bishop's mom, Elena Bishop, and the kingpin, Vincent D'Onofrio, which is oh. MCU history because finally one of the characters from the Netflix series yes. 
is now officially in the MCU. Yes. Although by the time you hear and this, he is so good as the kingpin. And oh, he wasn't shy about hinting it either. If you follow him on Twitter, man, he was he's not so shy. Good. Oh, he's he, so good. And he and he, you just tell by his Twitter that he's just truly excited to play the role again. And uh, by the time you hear this, you could probably already know that maybe Charlie Cox's Daredevil could already be in the MCU as well as, as yeah. heavily speculated as we talk about this. If you've seen Spider-Man No Way Home, you'll know for sure. But this is now uncharted territory because the rights reverted back to Marvel earlier this year as regards to all those Netflix characters. So now you get an even more Marvel toys to play with and, and these characters yes. that you can play with and add them into your, and sprinkle them into your MCU and having the Kingpin there. We've obviously seen with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, the Kingpin play a role from that side, but the natural thinking was, oh, Kingpin's going to be playing a role in the actual live action Spider-Verse and Tom Holland Spider-Verse. He may still go down that road, but for right now, it looks like it's going to be a part of Hawkeye Echo, Daredevil, if they make a new series, which they probably will. Yes. They could they continue that series. He may play a role on the MCU side more than the Spider-Verse side going forward. Yeah. He's so good. He's so yes. good as the I just I that's that that's that's it's all I have. <laughs> He's just so good. I he was I, I know I know we're not allowed to swear, so I'm trying to find words to replace those naughty words. He was. How about Robbie Ross? Just say Robbie Ross. There no. <laughs> uh, he was like he was the like the epitome of the man who will always do bad things. But then, in the next scene, he would be doing something lovely and something thoughtful. He was terrifying. Terrifying. Well, let me put it to you back to the Wayback Machine to when the series was on Netflix and you had yes. that cataclysmic fight between Daredevil and oh. Kingpin. Who is he trying to keep out of harm's way? Yeah. His wife. Yeah. And the same thing goes for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The reason why he he paid for Dr. Octopus to try and create a machine that would go have him travel through the multiverse. Why was he trying to do that? To get his family back. Right. So he does have a heart Mind you, it's misguided in so many ways and, and trying not to sympathize with the character too much because ultimately he does have a dark side that is so evil and he's, he's responsible for so much carnage in the underworld there. But to see him as a character in there as he, after he did such a good job in Daredevil, yes. it's, it's really cool for Marvel to do this. Marvel and Kevin Feige seems to pull a lot, not perfectly, but a lot on the right notes. And I think by bringing Vincent D'Onofrio back in and Charlie Cox, most likely as we're talking about this back yeah. in, because if you can't really pull one without the other. So I'm assuming, okay, that they're going to pull in one with the other. Yeah. That is such a good choice. Luke Cage, I think would be really good. Jessica oh, Jones man. would be really good. Yeah. I was just, actually, I was just about to bring up Mike Coulter. I know that he is busy with evil, the series that he's on, which is also very good. But I feel like, and perhaps I'm wrong, perhaps I'm projecting because I would love to see it so badly because I loved the Luke Cage series. It was so good in so many ways. But yeah, I would love to see him reprise the role of Luke Cage. 
to me that he you won't see unfortunately mahershala ali's character cottonmouth oh, come back yeah he's going, to be, he's going to be busy being blade so yeah that's true but man oh man i yeah it's i hope i hope it opens that door i would love to see mike coulter back as luke cage that whole series was so good it was so good the only one i don't think they'll bring back for sure is danny rand because uh, the iron <laughs> fist series was just so pan oh. John Bernthal is a great actor, but I I don't know if he might be too violent for the MCU. So I don't know if the Punisher will make the list or make the cut, but I would not be disappointed if he came in because, again, he is an excellent actor uh, and has done a lot of great work over the years. And I don't think the Punisher really got a chance to flesh out on Netflix. Yeah, I can. I remember. Well, I don't know about that because I can remember watching the series on Netflix and I was like, okay, that has to be the finale. And then there was another episode and I'm like, okay, there's no way they can turn up the volume much more than that. That has to be the finale. And then another the thing is he, he just can't be as violent. And that's the thing in a MCU world, it's really going to be hard for him to yeah. flourish because of, you know, he is probably one of the most violent of the MCU or the Marvel heroes that are out there. So we'll wait and see, but I would welcome John Bernthal, Jessica Jones. Like I said, she, you know, that, that character was terrific on Netflix. Uh, like you said, Luke Cage was terrific on Netflix. Yeah. Virtually all of them, the defenders, let's just say, were, were good outside of Danny. So we'll just go ahead and maybe they can recast Poor the Danny. role from there. But hey, that was not the choice of Kevin Feige at the time. That was a choice of someone else. Uh, yes. We'll just leave it at that. But it is Hawkeye Episode 5 with a major reveal of the Kingpin. I mean, the mind wanders as far as where this can go with the Kingpin because of all the the things that he's in control of, yeah. what he's responsible for. Yes. Uh, Elena Bishop, a.k.a. Vera Farmigna, the great actress that she is, could she still be Madame Mask? I'm still assuming. I, I, she, my money's still going to have her on as Madame Mask at some point. I know that the swordsman, he's going to be a part of it continuously down the road. He may not be as much in episode six, but the best thing about Hawkeye is the fact that not only has this been a great series and quite possibly the best of the Marvel series so far, there's one more episode to wait and see, but all those action sequences you saw in the trailer, they haven't happened yet in the series. They're saving them all for episode six. Wow. That's huge huge because that doesn't happen very often no i was thinking about that the other day i'm like the sequence here i haven't seen that oh that sequence here i haven't seen that either yeah they usually load everything interesting yeah absolutely so it is interesting so that they have saved quite a bit for the ending it's going to be action-packed now i can almost guarantee that the episode six will be an action-packed episode it will have a lot of things that marvel fans out there love plus hopefully it will tie a nice bow around everything going on which side do you think now, after you've you've seen the revelations, after Elena Belova has seen the revelations of what's going on, where do you think her loyalty now stands? And where do you think she'll ultimately end up doing? Will she try to kill Clint Barton once again? Or will she side with Kate Bishop and Clint Barton? And what will Echo do? We know Echo's got a series down the road, but is she still going to play the villain through the end of the series? Or is she going to go ahead and turn towards the good side? right away those are big questions <laughs> they're, they're here big to provide questions. the big answers yeah no i don't i don't know that i can provide those big answers though because try try a lot i i think that 
with the death of Black Widow, spoiler alert, do we still have to say that? You can say okay. that. That's pretty okay. much it. But uh, they, they did honor her quite a bit in this episode, which I truly welcomed as well. I mean, yeah. Just the, those parting words that Clint Barton gave at the Battle of New York happened. They have a memorial and you know, her name's on it. And that's where he used a moment to talk to her, so to speak, on it. And, and there were actually words that were communicated by her. There was actually in the beginning. When you find out what happened to Florence Pugh's Yelena Belova character in the right. beginning, you find out what happened and that she was blipped. And right in the beginning, you even heard Scarlett Johansson's voice there from the Black Widow movie. So they paid a lot of tribute to her. I guess the hard feelings with Marvel and her after what happened, I guess they're, they don't run deep enough. So they're still able to honor her. And I liked what I'm seeing so far. Good, good. Uh, that makes me happy to hear. But what I, what I was trying to say was, I think that, sorry, I'm waving around an exacto knife. That's not probably as good long as, you know, that's <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm not within throwing distance from you, so I mean, it's the, okay. The cap was on, okay? so um, Robbie, but, watch out! Yeah. <laughs> I think, no, I, I think that keeping somebody from the Black Widow world and planting them in other spots in the MCU is a smart thing to do. I think that it keeps that interesting universe or little pocket of the universe, I guess, alive is important. And I think that whether or not she's going to go good guy, bad guy, time will tell. I mean, people, I'm sure we're having the same conversations about Black Widow as well at the very beginning of all of the Avengers stuff. Is she really a good guy? Could she turn on everybody? You know, all of those conversations. There's so, so much red on her ledger. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just feel like same question, different actor, different role. And having somebody again from that universe that black widow came from is going to be important for the mcu and i think that they're going to keep her all right well i certainly hope they do because she has done an outstanding job so far yeah. i was worried that she would take over the episode and in the episode next after it but she's going to just be a good part of it and i'm glad to see that that they gave her time they showed a little bit about what happened to her and a little bit of her backstory which fleshed it out even more but they didn't let her story supersede what's going on overall. And they tied everything together quite nicely by the end of the episode. And it all ties up with the Kingpin himself tying yes. it all together, which is even better. So I wasn't good. sure when they would go ahead and introduce him, but I'm sure glad that they did it when they did it. So it is Hawkeye episode five. You've heard the spoilers. You've probably seen the episode already. So please let us know your thoughts on Hawkeye as we head into a action-packed, and this one's going to be an action-packed episode six, because there's a lot of stuff we've seen in the trailers that has not been shown off yet as far as action sequences. So I'm very excited to see what's coming up for Disney and Hawkeye. So please let us know your thoughts on this. We're excited for it. Are you excited for the season finale of Hawkeye coming up next week and the reveal of Kingpin this mm -hmm. week on Hawkeye? Let and us know. Feel, and feel free to rant off topic like I have for the last 10 minutes. It's fine. <laughs> well, you know what? It's all good conversation indeed. But please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip 
or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. But my friend, before we head on out, a couple yes. last things. Secession ended season three with more naughty words. You talked about naughty words that you couldn't say earlier in the episode. Yes. They say those naughty words and then some on, on that show. But it all is a point as far as the power, the control, and because it, it leads into a broadcast company and, and who is going to be fighting for control there between family members, which makes it even more salacious and intriguing and all that. Mm -hmm. It earned the highest ratings, I think, for an HBO Max television show. I think at 1.7 million viewers, I think it was rated at as far as the early indications are concerned for HBO and HBO Max, which uh, upon its debut, so which was really good for the network. And they're really, I'm sure, satisfied on it. Plus, the series itself is getting praised left and right. The Golden Globe nominations came out earlier this week and it was a part of it. Plus, you know, the Emmys, plus, you know, all that good stuff is going to come its way. Once again, it's it's really one of the landmark shows that people have gravitated to. But I want to hear your thoughts on Secession, what you've seen, what you've heard, the people's reaction out there. And do you think Secession is the best show on television? Gerald? Yes. Belinda? I have, I have, I have some upsetting news. <laughs> I'm in a Secessionless bubble, and I apparently need to bust myself out of it. Yeah, I would start it from the beginning or just know if you're into yeah. those type of okay. dramas that I'll really... I'll do that right after I watch this season of The Witcher. <laughs> yes, and CSI Vegas. you got to finish yeah. that. But right, but right. I, I will tell you, yeah, Henry Cavill first. Henry Cavill, yeah. uh, yes, has got to yeah. be first. So, But Secession is a series that, you know, if you're into a whole lot of family drama, uh, especially when it concerns the broadcast company that involves, because this is not over just some house or real estate property this is over a major communication fictional of course company that's uh, run by the patriarch and everybody else underneath it the siblings are fighting for control and they have to take sides and they you know, switch sides and betrayals and backstabs and people just love those salacious type shows and again it's getting high ratings and high marks it currently has a 92 for the series for season three on Metacritic, which is an extremely high score. So right. it's already considered one of the best shows on television. So I would have to say that I mean, it's the best show on television. That's a point of conjecture and opinion. But believe me, it's a show a lot of people will tell you that they can't afford to miss. Sure. Okay. So what I'm hearing, though, is like, yeah, a little bit of Melrose Place, a little bit of Dallas, a little bit of WKRP in Cincinnati. And a lot of F-bombs. And a lot of F-bombs. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sold. There you go. <laughs> like, okay. But it is the session, season three. It has reached a pivotal time. So I won't tell any spoilers on that one, but it is something that I think a lot of people have gone out of the way to see. HBO and HBO Max are really excited over what the numbers were for this past weekend's finale. Mm -hmm. So if you have any thoughts out there on Secession season three and you'd love to share it with us, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos.yahoo.com because we want to know what your thoughts are on Secession. Is it truly one of the best shows on television? I think a lot of people will say it is, but is it in your opinion? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. 
Well, my friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out, I've got some good news. Our final good news of this year. Okay. And that's a band that I have long appreciated. And you coming from the background of the radio industry, uh, you said you weren't very familiar with their work. That's not surprising because of the fact that they have been around since the late 60s when they started under a different name. But the Mayel brothers have been around since the late 60s and as Sparks in the early 70s. And since then, they've had album after album after album that they've released and have uh, not really hit the charts on too many occasions, but have had their own cult audience and had their own following. They've been revered by you know select individuals out there for decades in fact that if you get to a chance one of the things that that they were part of was edgar wright the famous director he directed a tremendous documentary on them called the sparse brothers okay they're the mayo brothers they're in their 70s now Uh, this is something i mentioned before on the show during the time that they were released But uh, the Sparks Brothers has come out, directed by Edgar Wright, and this is something that has come out to a lot of acclaim and is considered one of the best music documentaries of the year, if not many years, because of how well it was done. A lot of music stars and pop stars, Hollywood actors and actresses, paid tribute to the Sparks Brothers in that movie. So it's interesting to see the kind of influence that they've had over the years with their kind of cult music that they had, whether they gone into dance, techno, or rock or whatever they've gone into over the past decades uh, again I've, I've been a familiar with the work and have been a fan uh, for some of their stuff since the early 80s but the crowning jewel was something that they've always wanted to do and if it's fell on through twice was make a movie so they wrote and, and did the music for annette which is considered this year one of the best musicals of the year in a year that there's been many musicals but a lot of them have had problems one way or another but it's now available on Amazon Prime. It is a net. Okay. It is different. Okay. It can be weird to some people and it can Fantastic. be beautiful and brilliant all in the same vein. But if you're familiar with Sparks, it is truly a Sparks type of movie. And you could tell their influence and you could tell that it was them that wrote the movie just the way that their style is over the years because they have that off the beaten path type of mentality to their songs. And I would expect nothing less, and you get nothing less with Annette, which was just a, a really, really strong movie, a gr- just outstanding singing by Marion Cotillard, who has a tremendous voice, Academy Award winner Marion Cotillard, and then, of course, Adam Driver, who does a solid job himself in the movie. It's something that if you are an Adam Driver fan, you got to go ahead and add this to the collection. It is on Amazon Prime. But yes, a group who, again started out in the 60s which should no longer be around as far as performing and they're both in their 70s and they will still continue to perform they have a concert tour lined up for next year yeah i was just looking at that they've got dates all through europe and north america they they didn't Absolutely. joke around about plotting out that tour no they're from la yeah here, but they have achieved a lot of their success in europe especially in the uk mm-hmm. and abroad They've achieved a lot of success there in Japan as well. In the States, they've been hit or miss with a cult following and have not crossed over too much into the mainstream. Only on a couple of occasions have they been able to find mainstream pop success over the years on a worldwide basis. But so when you tell me you didn't know who they were or you didn't recognize the name, and a lot of people out there, even at, at my age or younger or older, 
didn't know who they were. That's not surprising because they they had their audience that has stuck by them through the years. But to see individuals in their 70s being able to produce modern content that gets approved, gets liked, and gets positive ratings and reviews in this day and age, to me, it's it's good news. It's something that's good within the industry. And I'm hoping for continued success because you don't know, you know, when they're doing things in your mid-70s, you don't know how many years left you have to go ahead and produce. I mean, you could be like Ridley Scott or Clint Eastwood that could be doing into your 80s or 90s, but you're never sure what the next day will bring for you. True enough. I mean, it's like that at 42, to be completely honest. <laughs> so I can only imagine. Uh, oh, I remember when... those days a decade ago. <laughs> right. But I mean, you know, you, you really have to give credit where credit is due as well for them to still be working together to still find creative synergy between the two of them to be able to write and produce a movie and then go on tour and still make music after all of these years. I think that's a great thing. And I have taken notes. My homework is to watch Succession and Annette. Yeah, and, and believe me. And The Witcher. Yeah, and The Witcher. But you, I'll tell you what, you will like Annette. I think it is weird. It is different. But you got to remember, he, they didn't direct it, but they wrote it, created the music. Yeah. This is them. If you yeah. want to know a better insight into them, you could watch the Sparks Brothers, which is a tremendous documentary. But watching Annette will also give you an idea of exactly how different that they really are from the rest cool. of the pop music scene over the past nice. four decades, five decades uh, going on. So good news for Sparks. Wish them continued success. Uh, it's nice because my late father, the only pop band he ever enjoyed in the early 80s was Sparks. So that's something that we could connect together on a basis. You talked about the relationship with your father and you, how you connected with movies. This is how I connected with my father in the car listening yeah. to Sparks. So I'm thankful that 40 years after that, Sparks is still around and creating good things. But if you are a fan out there of Sparks and you were happy to see what was going on with Annette and the Sparks Brothers, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But Melinda, it's been a great episode. You were tremendous as always. But I've got a mission for you for next uh -oh. week, young, okay. young lady. Okay. Oh, more homework. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So everyone out there, thank you so much for watching and listening. But our next episode is our last episode of the year with Josh because he will be going on paternal leave because he's going to be a very proud daddy once again in the not too distant future. And I'm hoping for a healthy and happy baby for him and his wife because they've already got great kids already, but he's going to be adding one more to the mix. So I'm very happy for him. But on Monday's episode of Pop Culture Cosmos, you will be getting the best and worst of 2021 in pop culture. Josh's picks will be coming up on the Monday show. But on next Friday's show, guess who's up next? Oh, dear. That would be Melinda Barkhouse Ross. It'll be the best and worst in pop culture. Of 2021. Plus, I have a feeling we'll be talking about a little indie film called The Matrix Resurrections. Oh, yeah. Might even be talking about fun. The King's yeah, Man. The King's Man, which I don't understand to this day why Sony released it now after they delayed it so many times and they pretty much put it in a spot right now where it's going to get dwarfed by The Matrix and Spider Man, which again, they could be well they'll they'll have friends they'll have nightmare alley with them to go ahead and wallow in their misery with guillermo de toro creating a great movie that again no one will watch but it yeah. is the king's man we may talk about that we definitely will be talking the matrix resurrections 
but mainly we will be talking about the best and worst of pop culture in 2021. For Melinda Marcus Ross. Oh man, it's gonna get weird. You can say that again, my friend. Oh, no. <laughs> you can say that again. So for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.